Welcome in to the Diamond Thunder Show. It is Thursday, July the 12th, 2018. We thank you for tuning in to the Diamond Thunder Show. As always, I am Dom and I'm joined by Thunder. And Thunder, are you ready to get into some NBA free agency? Haven't had a chance to react yet, but should be a fun one. Yeah, and Ernie didn't completely suck this year. Well, completely, not, not completely, not yet, not yet, but not we got two months of offseason yet to go. Yeah, we'll see. We'll talk about the Wizards in detail at the end of the show. Sort of give you a rundown really quickly. We're going to get into the, in our opinion, the three biggest signings of the NBA offseason. That would be LeBron to LA, the Paul George re-signing to OKC we'll get into, as well as, of course, Marcus Cousins going to the Golden State Warriors for that one-year deal. So we'll get into those three signings in detail. Uh, then we'll quickly go thumbs up, thumbs down on some of the smaller signings. Uh, we'll get into DeAndre Jordan, Trevor Reza, Aaron Gordon, and and others. And then the last 10-15 minutes, we'll go full hard on the Washington Wizards, go into their offseason. We'll talk about the Summer League, which has been disappointing. I mean, they, they knocked out here uh, against the Los Angeles Clippers, so they are finished in the Summer League. Maybe there's some consolation games that uh, I won't care about, but... That's mostly over, so we'll sort of react to what we saw from that, uh, as well as, of course, their, their three signings that they've done and what we like to see from that team before the season starts. So, without further ado, let's get into it, and we're going to start with the big one, and that is LeBron James to the Los Angeles Lakers. He uh, signs to that max contract, a four-year deal worth $154 million. Personally, I, I was a little surprised at the four-year deal, and just really quickly, Thunder, what do you think about that LeBron committing to LA for a really long time. I'm just, I'm not entirely certain how this experiment's going to turn out for LeBron. It's his first time in the Western Conference, and I'm as surprised as you are about the four-year deal because I was really expecting him to sign a one-in-one like he usually does where he signs one year and then a player option so he can dip if it gets bad, which is what he did in Cleveland. I, it took me by surprise a little bit. I mean, it was it was the big. I mean, everyone was talking about. It. Everyone was like, "Oh yeah, LeBron's going to go to L.A. or LeBron's going to go to Philly or LeBron's going to go to Boston or San Antonio, or whatever." But in my opinion, the entire time, I thought he was going to stay put. I thought he was going to stay in Cleveland, and mm-hmm. I thought that was because, well, first of all, the Eastern Conference is easier, and he knows it's a free ride to the uh, finals every single year if he stays. But he didn't stay. And now he's in the Western Conference, where he now has two teams that are better than him, like factually right. better than him. Teams that have that could have beaten him in the finals or have beaten him in the finals multiple times. And mm-hmm. you know now now the Golden State Warriors have added Demarcus Cousins. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if the seeding at the end of the season stacks up in such a way that I could see the Lakers being a second round exit next year. If they have to face up against the Rockets or the Warriors, I could see them being exiting in the second round. I mean, that's just, mm-hmm. it's, in my opinion, I think that this is just one of those times where LeBron signed too big of a contract, which is kind of weird to say, but he did, because mm-hmm. he's really relying heavily on Lonzo Ball, Kyle Kuzma, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart even, developing. Yeah, and we'll get into that specifically, how how do they stack up with these teams like a Golden State, a Houston, an OKC, etc. as far as this year, this next year goes. And then we'll also uh, get into, uh, you start to go into their current roster 
there how are they going to look next year and then are they going to acquire Kawhi Leonard which they've been rumored to do for close to half a year a year now and so uh, we'll actually start with that I got three questions here on the Lakers try to do this in about five minutes starting with uh, will the Lakers acquire Kawhi Leonard this offseason what's your prediction as far as that goes no if it hasn't happened already it's not going to happen unless the Lakers keep coming back to the San Antonio Spurs with bigger, better offers. It it would surpri- it wouldn't surprise me if the Spurs gave up Kawhi Leonard for a Brandon Ingram and Kyle Kuzma and Lonzo Ball and a bunch of picks. It would not surprise me. And all but, of a sudden, that team is yeah, and then that suddenly that team is stripped of young exactly, <laughs> and then you're just gonna have two superstars and nothing. You're gonna have Rondo and Lance and Javale McGee starting, and holy crap, that'd be the worst team in basketball. Well, not the worst team in basketball no, because they have Kawhi and LeBron, but they'd be oh. horrible <laughs> by LeBron standards. Right, that bench especially. I mean, yeah, even they, they would yeah. have no one. Problem with the Lakers right now is. They give away all that talent, and they essentially have a no one, not only for this year, but they really got no room to add anyone for next year. Losing all those rookies and all those short-term deals and bringing in Kawhi Leonard, potentially re-signing him next year, like that's pretty much your team for the for the at least LeBron era. And I, I don't think they're going to acquire Kawhi Leonard this offseason for a couple of reasons, namely uh, one, that he's... He stated multiple times he wants to play in L.A., and I think that what the Lakers have shown me this offseason with their moves, they're not looking to really contend this year for a title. Will they have a chance to? Yes. Will they make the second round? Yes. They'll have a chance against the, the Warriors and the Rockets. As always, they will get that opportunity with LeBron on their team, but with that roster as they have constructed it now, that's not a, an NBA Finals team right now. And so if they resign themselves to that fact, why not just wait until 2019 where not only is Kawhi Leonard going to become available for a, you know, a, a max deal, but you also have guys like Clay Thompson, Carl Anthony Towns potentially, although there are rumors of him getting a long-term deal. Christos Porzingis is an unrestricted free agent, as well as Marcus Cousins. We'll see if he has a good gear with the Warriors. We'll get to him later. But that team... Right now, I don't think they're going to go after Kawhi now. Totally see them waiting until next year where they'll have a very good chance of getting him. Uh, I don't buy that if he gets traded to the Sixers that he's going to be sold on them for a long-term deal. No, I, I think he's definitely going to talk to the Lakers. At the very least, uh, they'll have a max slot open to sign one of these those guys that I mentioned or a Kawhi Leonard. So, no, they, would, they will not uh, go after Kawhi Leonard this offseason. They will not get him. And then, second question: What are your what are your thoughts on the current roster, uh, as the Lakers have put together now? What do you think of their signings of Arondo, Lance Stevenson, Javale McGee, and resigning Kentavious Caldwell Pope? What do you think of that roster as it is now? Well, they have plenty of up and coming talent, and I mean, Luke Walton did say that there is no the the starting lineup isn't like guaranteed or whatever he said something along those lines of like you have to fight rob for the Palinka positions said rob palinka said today uh, the gm or uh, he said lebron is the only that's what he said yeah, that, that's what he said team. rob palinka said it my bad but 
Anyways, yeah, it's just it's just that like they have all this young talent and they also have all these old talent. They have they have old aging talent now and they have three of they have three players who are shacked in a full MVPs. I could see so many ways this could go wrong. I could see a Lance and LeBron fight in the locker room. Um, I mean, all these all these players have history with LeBron, and I don't know how that's going to mesh between Rondo going on Instagram and liking a bunch of pictures where it's guys wearing shirts saying LeBron's a bitch. You got the whole Lance Stevenson saga. You have the JaVale McGee being blocked on Instagram by LeBron for three years straight and all that in the finals. Just, yeah, it, 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 this has the potential to be a mess. This year. Again, these guys, McGee, These guys, Stevenson, for all we know, Rondo, are probably gone next year. On one-year deals, they're probably gone next year. I mean, these, these are just pieces to sort of acclimate the younger guys, sort of push them. But yeah, this I mean the the, the young guys and and Catavius Caldwell Pope, I forgot to mention him, but um he's his own deal. Um he's a three point shooter, defensive standout, I guess. He used to be anyway in Detroit. But this team is very young still, even with all these signings. This team is very young. They have a very young core, uh, plus LeBron, and I honestly I think it'd be for the better for them if they don't go after Kawhi Leonard. Because that way they could this year no even ne- even about? next year even next even year. next okay. year because they're gonna want to give them because you don't want to lose that core because you don't have enough max contract slots anymore because Brandon Ingram if he keeps if he progresses as he should he's gonna get a max contract mm-hmm. Lonzo's pro- Lavar is probably gonna make Lonzo want a max contract because that's what Lavar does. And I could see Kyle Kuzma asking for something just a little under the max contract. He's a professional scorer, um, but you got you got guys there that I could see taking up huge chunks of the of the uh, contract situation. And they're all younger than Kawhi, and and I've seen enough of this drama, I guess, that is the Kawhi saga, to say that. Even if I'm the Lakers, I don't want that near my team. Because at any point in time, he could just decide, I don't want to be here anymore. And then, I'm not saying Kawhi faked an injury, but the fact that he went and hit out in New York City when Greg Popovich and the Spurs staff came out to look for him, he hid. I don't want to be anywhere near that. Even if I'm the Lakers, which is where he wants to be, which is where he wants to go. I don't want to, I don't want to be anywhere near that. And... I'd much rather be giving my max contract to someone who's really young and has potential still. Kawhi still has a lot of potential, of course, but he's now had the injury bug a lot. He's just... he The injury bug's caught up to him, and I just I don't want that whole drama near my team. I, I understand that they can handle drama with the whole LeVar Ball thing, but, I mean, at the same time, it's just... It's just a mess, and I th- honestly, if I'm the Lakers, I don't. I would much rather be giving my max contract to Brandon Ingram. And then the last thing I'll say about the Lakers before we move on here to Paul George is that you know my my one question with them heading into next year is who's going to shoot the basketball? Who's like who? You're playing Golden State, you know, a team that jacks up 30, 40 threes a game. Who shoots the basketball here? I mean, Lonzo can't shoot. Brandon Ingram's not a great three-point shooter. LeBron, no. Rondo, no. 
Uh, you're looking at Contavious Caldwell Pope, your shooting guard. And Kyle you know, Kuzma. And Kyle Kuzma. Those are your two shooters. And in today's in today's NBA, you can't have two shooters in your starting lineup. Kuzma's 37% from three, which is okay. And Caldwell Pope is 38% from three. Those are your two best shooters. You know, how, how are they going to possibly, you know, even be in a game with with a Golden State or even a Houston. I mean, you gotta hope that you gotta hope to God you can play enough defense to stop them. But I mean, we've seen it. Right. We've seen enough that even in the Rockets Warrior series, it was never who can play the most defense. It was who can score more, who can make right. more threes, and that's what happened in Game and this Seven. Is, too. This is an okay defensive team. I mean, you go up and down. Got Rondo. He's gotten old, but his defense is still kind of there. You got. Um, Caldwell Pope, who's an okay three and D player. You got LeBron, who can guard really anybody. Uh, you got Kyle Kuzma, who was a big defensive liability last year. And then you got JaVale McGee, who's just a rim protector. He can make stupid mistakes, but he's a rim protector. Right. This team is an okay defensive team. I just, I seriously don't know where this team's gonna go, because especially with all those old guys sitting around. I mean, you throw in, you put up Lonzo in there, um, and also another good question: you you now have a problem because Brandon Ingram's going to want to start, mm-hmm. so LeBron's going to play power forward. Yeah, where's Kyle Kuzma? You can't put him at center. He's six eight. Nope, he's off the bench. And Kyle Kuzma's not going to like that. Kyle Kuzma probably thinks he can start, and then you got a problem because you you got a guy who's like, I know I can start. And I could probably could be starting on a bunch of other teams in this league. Why do I? Why should I be here? Right. But I mean, I don't see him demanding a trade. It's the Los Angeles Lakers. I mean, guys want to stay there because it's Los Angeles, right? But yeah, I mean, you got a problem there because now you got Kyle Kuzma coming off the bench, and he's probably not going to like that. But it's nice for depth. But yeah, that is my take on the LeBron to LA. I don't really know how it's going to pan out if the young guys develop, and I think if they don't go after Kawhi, this could be a good thing for the Lakers, and they could be a team to contend for years to come. And then moving on really quick to the Paul George, a re-signing with OKC, the four years, $137 million, and what was, you know, I would say a surprising move. I mean, the talk was him going to L.A. with LeBron, you know, go into that second max contract slot. That never happened. It never even granted the Lakers a meeting. Instead, he signs, you know, minutes after uh, midnight uh, on July 1st, signs that big deal. So, simple question I'll ask you. Uh, from the Thunder side of things, did they make the right decision in giving a Paul George this long deal? Yeah, I think they did. I mean, he's as bad as he was in the playoffs down the stretch he's still a premier player in the league he's still Mm -hmm. a good three-point shooter at times not in the three-point contest not in the playoffs but he's still a decent three-point shooter at times he's still an athletic dunker he's still an athletic finisher he can still play defense so i see no reason why this was a bad move for okc and the reason i ask this is because you know, you saw all the reports with the signing of, I believe it was Raymond Felton, who they signed. OKC is over $300 million in cast base for this year. You know, Jesus easily Christ. the spent the most money <laughs> uh, out of any team in the NBA. 
before next year. Well, Carmelo's Carmelo being gone is gonna take away. Some Carmelo's money. gonna save them a bunch of money, which is good. Yeah, I mean, I don't see how that's a bad thing. So you'll free up some some money there. But you know, Andre Roberson, he's got that he's got that deal. Was injured some last year. He's your shooting guard. The front court isn't all that great. You know, Stephen Adams, capable, maybe a top fifteen center. Jamie Grant's your power forward, along with Patrick Patterson. Now you sign Erlens Noel as your backup center. I mean, this this is not a team that's going to contend with Golden State and Houston, and they're going to have trouble with LA, quite frankly. I mean, they got knocked by the Jazz, who were led by Donovan Mitchell last year. Right. You know, the Thunder last year, they were definitely disappointing, and I don't see any reason why they can't be disappointing again this year. I mean, saw it didn't really work out last year. Now, Melo had something to do with that, but... Maybe they're a top four team that's you know in the West next year, but the problem is they're kind of they're kind of locked in now, aren't they? Yeah, and in my opinion, a team led by Russell Westbrook is never going to win a ring. I mean, that's just not happening. Russell Westbrook cannot be your best player on your championship team, and that's why I don't think even with this core, they're a contending team in the Western Conference to even make it out of the second round. Mm-hmm. And they're maybe at best the fourth best team in the Western Conference. But we saw how they underperformed last year. And yeah. we have no reason to believe that Donovan Mitchell and the Utah Jazz don't continue to be a great defensive team and become a top four team next year. I have no reason to believe that even with... If, even if Kawhi doesn't play next year, I have no reason to believe that the San Antonio Spurs don't make the playoffs. I mean, I, mean, mm-hmm. I still don't think that... What I'm trying to get at is I don't think even with this with this core, the Thunder will not contend for a championship, will not contend for a Western Conference Finals appearance. Will They, they won't even contend, in my opinion, to make it out of the second round. So, that being said... Yes, it's okay to lock this core in if you want to win some games next year and for the next four years to come. It's not okay, in my opinion, if you're trying to win championships. Mm -hmm. Because Paul George can be an okay third option on a championship team. Paul George cannot be your second best player on a championship team. Can can we agree on Mm -hmm. that? Yeah, I, I think you're right. And then our third big topic is the DeMarcus Cousins to the Golden State Warriors, the one-year $5.3 million uh, taxpayer's mid-level exception, which shocked the NBA world, to, to put it to put it uh, lightly. I mean, certainly for me, the Warriors were not even on my radar for Cousins. It was either, you know, back to the Pelicans, maybe the Lakers, Sign and trade to the Wizards was always in the back of my mind, even though I knew it was never going to happen. But the Warriors, really, I mean, very, very surprising. You know, yeah, no, that was that was like one of those things that you would see photoshopped and thought, "Had hey, no way that's happening," but yeah, exactly. it's happening, <laughs> and I'm not really sure what to make of it. Demarcus Cousins isn't coming back until December. I think we need to remember that he won't be there for the first two months, really. But that being said. When he does come back, if he comes back at full at full health and comes back 
almost the same, even even if it's 90% of the way or 80% of the way he was before the injury, just give the Warriors the championship trophy. Give them the rings. Cancel the season. It doesn't matter. Because beforehand, before this, before the signing, the Warriors' biggest weakness was JaVale, Zaza, Kevon Looney. Now they have an all-star caliber center. And their biggest weakness is now, when at full health, one of their biggest strengths. Mm -hmm. And flat out, that's ridiculous. And I'm not saying it's bad for the league. Because I mean, there are not there are, there aren't very many times where you have bona fide dynasties, where it's just they keep winning, winning, winning. The last time this happened was the ninety the nineties Bulls, but is it, this this is this isn't bad for the league? It's bad for parity. This is horrible for parity in the NBA. Absolutely mm-hmm. god awful. I mean, if the Warriors keep clicking. DeMar- and De- they add throw in DeMarcus Cousins, and they keep clicking, and DeMarcus Cousins is at 80% health, I see no reason why this team can't win 70-something games, be in the single digits for losses again. I see no reason why that can't happen. And it's just, it's ridiculous. And I don't know, they, maybe this, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe this is just hope Hoping for the best, maybe in somehow the somehow some way this hurts Golden State because they will now have three ball dominant players on their team on their starting lineup. That's right. really the only hope I have is that this somehow hurts them. Mm-hmm. And but I don't I don't yeah. see that happening for some. If Demarcus Cousins puts his ego aside, says okay, I can play post, get a few less touches, average a few less points a game, we're screwed. The NBA is screwed. I'm sort of in the middle on this, you know, there's, there's really two sides of this argument. There's, you know, the people that say, well, I mean, look, he's coming off an Achilles injury, one of the worst injuries to come off in sports. He hasn't been, you know, a, a fourth, fifth option on a team like ever, uh, you know, he was top, top guy with the Kings, yeah, you and know, he's, and he's top st- two guy with the Pelicans. And he's still not a fourth or fifth option. He's a third option. Um, well, the, well, the question is, how is it going to fit in with the Warriors? Exactly. Uh, you know, moving the ball around. They're not. I mean, you say ball dominant, but yeah, they're not. You but, know, they got some ice. They got some ice, ISO guys, but yeah, you got. Curry is it going to buy into that system of uh, a lot of transition, running up and down the court, playing defense, getting turnovers? You know, that sort of style of play. I'm not sure. Maybe he will. Maybe he'll change his game as he says he may. But I, I think. I mean, I don't know. Again, I'm in the middle on this. There, there's those other people that say, well, you know, I mean, this is a career 20 and 10, you know, all NBA top seven, six player in the league right now. Yeah. Add him to a team with, with Curry and yeah, Durant Curry, and Durant, Thompson, Thompson and all these studs. And you know, Iguodala. They still have Iguodala. And they still have Sean Livingston. Don't forget him. No, you're right. And they still have solid bench production then. And that is even more yeah. terrifying. Is You're going to be down 10, and then you're going to look at the scorer's table, and you're going to see Steph Curry, Coy Thompson, Kevin Durant, Draymond Green, and DeMarcus Cousins waiting to get in. And you're going to sit there, <laughs> and you're going to say, oh, shit. Because <laughs> you're about to be down 50, and you aren't even going to know it. You aren't even going to know what hit you. They're going to go on some 30 to like 2 run. 
and it's <laughs> it's just going to be over. What do you think about those people that say the Achilles is a tough injury to come back from? Well, I agree with them. I can't think of a single big man who's come back full strength from an Achilles tear. Right, but you're saying if he is 70, 80% of the guy he once was. 70 to 80% of what he was last year or anywhere near that, it's mm-hmm. over. I mean, he's he that that would still make him absolutely dominant. He was he was knocking down jumpers at a solid clip. So even if he weren't as athletic as he were before, he could still knock down jumpers. Yeah, true. So maybe not as effective a rebounder. Maybe not no, effective I as mean, a rebounder. Maybe not as effect as effective as a defender, but he could still be a shooter, which fits okay. right into what the Warriors need: a shooting five. Yeah, forty-seven percent from the field last year. I mean, the guy's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, he that's is. Just, he that's not fair. Really, it's is not a fair. top top notch player. Let's move on here. Let's move on to some of the smaller signings. Uh, we've got five names here to go through. Some of the you know, the smaller signings, the ones that people have not been paying much attention to. But a really quick thumbs up, thumbs down for the teams making these signings. Really quick, a few reasons why. So starting with DeAndre Jordan to the Mavericks. He gets a one-year, $24.1 million deal. Thumbs up or thumbs down for the Mavs? Thumbs up. This gives him a solid rim protector and a very much better replacement for Salah Mejri and Nerlens Noel. So, yeah, thumbs up. Yeah. <laughs> I have definitely an upgrade to Salah Mejri or whatever his name is. And Nerlens Noel. That's for yeah. sure. Nerlens Noel, yeah. It's not a question, but... I mean, you look at the Mavs now. Dennis Smith Jr., they drafted last year. Luka Doncic comes in. Still got Harrison Barnes there. You got Dirk now. You got DeAndre Jordan. I mean, that starting five is middle of the pack in the Western Conference, which is, I'd say, pretty good. Middle of the pack in the Western Conference means a top four seed in the East, so. Right. I mean, who knows? Again, they're in the West. They're going to play more great teams, so maybe this isn't. A great team next year, but giving DeAndre Jordan a one-year deal certainly brings some um, more excitement to that fan base, and maybe they can fill the arena a few times this year. And uh, in Dirk's final years, hopefully they can generate some more excitement. Maybe DeAndre Jordan resigns there next year, and they have some cooking down there in Dallas. So thumbs up for me uh, for the Mavericks. Next, Trevor Reza to the Suns. One-year, $15 million deal. Thumbs up, thumbs down for Phoenix. Thumbs down. I see no reason for this trade. I mean, trade, not signing. I see no reason for this signing. Signing. Yeah, my bad. Um, but you're throwing in an aging vet into that young core, and there is flat out no reason for that. You Now you have Josh Jackson coming off the bench for no reason. And Josh Jackson, as a starter in that second half of the year, was a very solid, serviceable player. So I don't understand why they had why they decided to throw a veteran into that lineup for no reason. I agree with you. Thumbs down. I mean, you're looking at two former top ten picks, recent and Dragon Bender, and uh, Marquise Chris, Josh Jackson. They're gonna be fighting for for rotational minutes off the bench or maybe the occasional start here and there. Maybe maybe a veteran presence, I guess, is good. But they already have plenty of that. They have they still have Jared do Dudley they, and Tyson they, Chandler. They, they do, they do. No, you're right about that. I mean, the only thing I can think about here is maybe they're gearing up for something big. I mean, we know they're interested in the in Kevin Love. They're talking to Cleveland about him. You would include a Bender or a Chris in one of those deals, but yeah, not too not too overly excited 
about this deal. This is not a team that's. I think it's going to take some time for them to make to be a playoff team in that tough West. So one year deal. How much? How much does this do for them? I don't know. Thumbs down for me uh, for the Suns. Next, Aaron Gordon back to the Magic. He signs a four year, eighty four million dollar deal. Thumbs up. Thumbs down for Orlando. Thumbs up. Keep their young core intact and. Um, Aaron Gordon f- showed even shown even more flashes um, last year, um, and remember that hot hot November start for the Orlando Magic. Just fly and and add in Mo Bamba, and now they have this feared feared defensive front court in Jonathan Isaac and Mohamed Bamba and Aaron Gordon. So this is a huge thumbs up for me. Thumbs down again. There's no space. You mentioned Isaac. You mentioned Bamba. I, I just don't see... I don't see this being a real need for them. You have Nikola Vucevic as a, a center that's... I'd say he's he's definitely a solidified starter at this point in his career. He can shoot the deep, or can shoot the, can shoot the three. You've got Bamba there. He's your center. I'd say the, the future, if not down the road this year. So those are two front court guys there. You've then got Isaac, you know, the sixth overall pick from last year, who's still developing. He's going to be a stud, has showed a lot of flashes in Summer League. You've got Jonathan Simmons as your small forward. Your, your backcourt's a whole different story, which is, again, I don't understand the whole throwing money to a front court guy when you already got some guys waiting there. So thumbs down for me uh, for the Magic. For this one, the next one, Nikola Jokic back to the Denver Nuggets signs a giant five-year, $148 million max contract with Denver. So uh, thumbs up, thumbs down for for the Nuggets. Thumbs up. They keep their young stud easily. Uh-uh. Yeah, no, I think he's probably the, still the best player on the Nuggets. Um, Jamal Murray's catching mm-hmm. up, though. But, yeah, he's... A solid playmaking big. He can get rebounds. He does need to work on that defense, but he's a solid post-up player. He has a jump shot. He almost single-handedly killed the Timberwolves in that play-in game. But yeah, that was he is a stud, and I think the magic uh, the magic the Nuggets did really well to resign him. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, this guy thumbs up for me. This guy's a a triple double threat every time he steps onto the court. Talking about 18.5 points per game, 10.7 rebounds, 6 six assists per game. I mean, this guy's a stud in, in the middle of that team, and you add in a Paul Millsap last year. I really thought they were going to be a, a hot, possibly a top-four team last year. That didn't really pan out, but you know they re- re-sign a, a Will Barton, and uh, hopefully they can, they can bring that core back, and, and they'll be good to go for... Next few years, of course, you add in the the Michael Porter signing, so definitely, uh, a definitely a home run move for them to lock up their big man of the future. And finally, Chris Paul to the Rockets uh, in an unsurprising move, re-signs with them, but for four years and 160 million dollars. Thumbs up, thumbs down for the Rockets. Thumbs up. I mean, they almost beat the Warriors last year. They were Chris Paul's hamstring away from beating the Warriors. And now they have DeMarcus Cousins now, but they're still a contending team. They're still mm-hmm. a team that is the number one threat in the NBA to the Warriors. And re-signing 
your second best player is obviously a smart move. I'm gonna go. Th- I'm kind of good. I'm kind of in the middle here. I mean, yes, he is right now. You know, their, their second best player, and you know, to to bring him back to get him to make another run at the NBA Finals for next year, you had to bring him back. So you kind of had to do this deal, knowing that another team would give it to him. You know, if you did, but he's 33 years old. You know, he had the the injury issues last year. I, quite, I always question, you know, the four-year deal to a 33-year-old that's been in the league since 2005. But he's still a top-five point guard right now. I just think this deal is going to bite them, uh, say, three years down the road. But for right now, I'd say it's a good move considering uh, where they were last year and where they possibly might be this year. All right, so there you go. Thumbs up, thumbs down. And we'll wrap things up here with a quick, or not quick, you know, 10, 15-minute discussion on, of course, our hometown team here, the Washington Wizards. And uh, first, just want to look at the individual signings that this team made. Small, but, you know, I think very solid signings. Start with Thomas Bryant, their first one, off waivers from the uh, LA Lakers. Some, some quick thoughts on him. Apparently, he has range, and I wasn't really aware of that, but he has a three ball, apparently. <laughs> And that's yeah. huge. He's a stretch four, stretch five candidate, and the Wizards needed that. And um, I'm sure at some point he's going to be fighting for rotational minutes behind Dwight and between him and Mahimi. So I'm yeah. sure there'll be I mean, some rotational minutes somewhere down the line. Absolutely. You watch him in Summer League, he's <laughs> he's better than Yami Mahimi, which is not really... That's not saying much. It's not saying much, but again, he's, you know, he's 20 years old. He's young with a stud with the, the Hoosiers in, in college as that the center that can stretch the floor, can hit a three. He doesn't foul someone every time they drive at him, which is definitely a plus. <laughs> and, I mean, you know, score the basketball, be in the, the middle of that offense, you know, as a center. But, no, right now. That's that's a guy that, that could potentially uh, figure into the like you said the rotation down the road maybe later this year get some minutes uh, if Mahimi does not excel like uh, we all know he won't and then the next one uh, they bring back Jeff Green the former Georgetown Hoya one year two point five million dollars what does Jeff Green bring to the Washington Wizards especially with the lo- losing of uh, Mike Scott. Well, I'm still overly disappointed by the fact we lost Mike Scott. Um, at times, he was our only capable bench player. And so I think I don't really know how to compare the two. It's kind of apples to oranges. They have two very different games. But I'd say they're about equal in value to this team. Um, can play some very solid rotational minutes and um, helps shore up the depth on this team. And it's a nice, cheap contract, too. Absolutely. I mean, a guy that averaged 10.8 points on the LeBron-led Cavs last year, he's a he's a career journeyman. I mean, he's been all over the place with Boston a few times, but, you know, OKC, Memphis, the Clippers, Orlando, then Cleveland. He's a journeyman. He's been around. He knows the game. Solid free-throw shooter. Can score the basketball. Uh, grab some big boards for you, plays solid defense. Just, a, in general, solid bench contributor that's all you need him to be. So, love the move for Jeff Green. And as you mentioned, one-year, $2.5 million, definitely a, 
on the cheaper side of things for a very solid, a cheap vet option. And then the big one, maybe not the big one we all, we all thought would come or hoped would come, but Dwight Howard is the new starting center for the Washington Wizards. Just what do you think of that move? Do you, what do you think about potential locker room issues to come from him? But what do you think about, his, more importantly, his game? Well, I think he's the last of a dying breed in the NBA, and that is the center who can't shoot. But mm-hmm. even in his old age, he's on the wrong side of 30, and you know he's, he's getting old, but he's still very athletic. And he's still a very capable defender and rebounder. Um, no question, averaged crap ton of rebounds last year. It was 12, 13, something of like course. that. And, yeah. I mean, that's just, that's his game. Is he's, an off- he's a rebounder, and he's a defender. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd love to see John Wall run a pick and roll with him. Because yeah. he finally oh, yeah. gives John Wall that lob man. And that uh-huh. guy who can just go up and dunk everything. Marching Gortat wasn't that. Yeah. Marching Gortat was, well, well, for the beginning of Marching Gortat's wizard career, he was almost like that. He could dunk. He was, he was before he started to kind of unravel as a player, where he was a. I mean, he had what? He had one of those thirty-point games. But anyways, John Wall finally, for the first time, I think in his. NBA career is playing with an 100% competent athletic center. And uh, it's going to be crazy. The pick and roll is going to be crazy for the Wizards next year. Because, I mean, even with Bradley Beal running the pick and roll, you're going to end up with a crap ton of points. Dwight Howard is not a weak screener or anything. Marching Gortat was one of the best screen centers in the NBA for the Wizards. And I think Dwight Howard can be just as good. And yeah. I see no reason why this was a bad idea. And I think Dwight is maturing mentally. So that being said, I think this is a very solid signing. I think this is probably Ernie Grunfeld's best signing in quite a while. Well, considering yeah, I, considering the other options, this is the only yes. option. Better than Yamahimi. Let's, let's, let's say that. No, 100%. He's an upgrade to Martian Gortat on the basketball court. I mean, he talked about the pick and roll. He talked about how he can go get those lobs. Gortat never did that, right? I mean, he would, you know, run the pick and roll, but he'd have to, you know, bounce the ball a bit and then go up for a, a little one-handed lefty slam. I mean, he couldn't jump at all, right? But no, Howard, 16.6 points a game, his highest total since the 13-14 season. You know, wasn't he, this is an eight-time All-Star, a guy that's been on the All-Defensive team five times, three times Defensive Player of the Year, and of course that was earlier in his career. But I mean, defensively, so much better than Gortat, and especially I mean in the middle, his block numbers are terrific. He's gonna get you one to two blocks every game. No, I I think definitely a a great great pickup for the Wizards on the basketball court and I don't I don't care about the uh, I honestly I don't I do not care about the potential locker room issues. I mean really was that a problem in in Charlotte? Really didn't hear anything about that. Like I just think he's he's matured as a player. You know, he's thirty three years old now. He knows he's not the guy he once was. He's a productive fourth option on the court for the Wizards, you know, behind Wall Beal and Otto. 
And I think he can accept that. He's not going to play a lot in the fourth quarter, but I think he can accept that as well. And it's going to turn out to be another very solid signing for the Wizards. Yep. A few questions here before we wrap it up. Uh, one, is there anything more that you would like to see the Wizards do this offseason? They don't have a lot of money, but maybe a trade you'd like to see. Uh, is there a contract you want to get moved? Obviously, we don't want to move Yamahimi's contract, but you know anyone you want to bring in? I can't really think of anyone I would want to bring in because we have to kind of stay put here. Mello. Um, no, we don't, I don't want. I do not want to bring in Carmelo Anthony because I think <laughs> what we were just concerned about Dwight Howard's locker room problems. Carmelo would drop a nuclear bomb in the locker room because he would want to start. And who does he move? He moves Markeith Morris, and now he's power forward, or he's small forward, and Otto Porter's power forward. And just like that, we have no post game, none. So Carmelo mm-hmm. is no thank you for me. Oh, definitely. I mean, the one guy I threw out there a few weeks ago was Kevin Love from the Cavs. He's, I, in my I opinion, think the very likely is, to be traded. The problem is, is that I just think we would have to give up a little too much to get Kevin Love, and I think well, Kevin Love's a bit on, a bit, getting a bit on the older side now, and I'd much rather keep our youth, and I wouldn't. I'd much rather keep, as bad as Otto's contract looks, I'd much rather keep Otto long-term than have a Kevin Love rental. Because I think there's no doubt in my mind that Kevin Love just leaves as soon as the game, as soon as the season's over. But the idea is you'll have a lot of money. You'll have a lot of money, but but we're not a free agency destination. You're right. Who would we go sign? We'd We'd end up... with another Jason Smith, Andrew Nicholson, Yamahimi offseason. <laughs> and I mean, unless. Oh, that's... But, but, what we could do, and this just clicked in my head. Okay. If we trade for Kevin Love, get rid of Otto Porter, let Kevin Love walk next season, DeMarcus Cousins is an unrestricted free agent. Yes, he is. And John Wall, and we all Ooh. know about that. So, I mean, maybe. I mean, I don't know. If if you think Kevin Love I mean, is the, what would the problem open is, that up. But. The, the problem is we kind of wanted that to happen this year. And, and it just didn't happen. There, there was no urgency. So we're waiting a year for that to happen. Very unlikely, in my opinion. I mean, we'll see how he comes off the injury. But, you know, I think the Cousins to DC ship has sailed. Yeah, um, unfortunately. And, I, yeah, you're right, you know. I mean, it was you fun free to dream. Cap space. It's fun to pretend. Right. Yeah. You free up some cap space moving Otto for Love. Love leaves next year. But like like you said, I mean, we're not a free agency destination. And we're going to end up with the Angel Nicholson Yamahimi contracts that are going to plague us for the foreseeable future. And speaking of the foreseeable future, second to last question here. Where do you see the Wizards in the landscape of the East right now? Are they top three? Top four. Could they make it to the top two? No, they top aren't four, that, you say? Uh, that. I think they're top four. Boston's over them, no question. Mm-hmm. The Sixers are over them, unfortunately. Those are two teams I really wish weren't over us because I don't like either of them. But yeah, and this is kind of my like sleeper surprise team that keeps the Wizards out of the top three. I'm gonna go with the Indiana Pacers mm-hmm. because we sh- we saw last year they almost beat LeBron in round one, something that's never been done before. And Oladipo has no fear. 
he's finally leading the team, finally leading a team that has a mm. competent um and the reason I'm adding this is because he played he led the magic, but um they weren't good. With a competent no. core around him. He has Miles Turner, he has uh Boyag Bogdanovich, which is what the Wizards used to have and traded a first round pick for. Add in Doug McDermott, Miles Turner. Doug McDermott, Turner. yeah, Miles Turner. I said Miles Turner, but Thaddeus Young. Thad Young, Trevor Booker even. Yep. Solid. So this is it's a solid team and it's a solid defensive team, really. Mm-hmm. They still have Collison at point guard. And yeah, this that team can be a top three seed in my mind. So I think the Wizards are a top four team. Oh crap, actually you know who I forgot? I forgot about the Toronto Raptors. Oh. Um and they didn't blow up their team. Yeah. So top five. Wizards are top five. Wizards top five. Most people forgetting about the Raptors, the team that was first in the East last year. Yeah, no. I mean, all between we're, we're all this off-season drama, Philly and Boston. Yeah, the team with the off-season with all the off-season drama and this stuff. The Toronto Raptors held pat, which was something no one expected. Everyone expected Kyle Lowry and Demar Rosen to be off the team. Mm-hmm. And Fred Van Vliet now they bring in they bring in the new coach. Don't know his name, and for good reason because he really. Hasn't done anything. Was he their D-League coach, an assistant, something along those lines? Probably. I don't even know. I just know Dwayne Casey's uh, on the Pistons now, and that's that. Right. Pistons might be sneaky good. We'll see. But yeah, I agree. We, you know, Wizards will contend for a hosting a, a first-round home playoff series. But they're nothing more than that right now. We'll see what Dwight does uh, on that club. But no, I agree. Top four. I think is their ceiling, and then four hopefully is, they'll, they'll, four, I, I don't think there's a scenario where they miss the playoffs, really. Yeah, you'd like to say that, but again, last year was just so awful. Last year was awful, I mean, really but they didn't know. have John Wall half the season, and they also had to start marching Gortat. Fair point. Fair points. And they didn't have a bench. Yeah. And now we have Austin okay, Rivers so and all that. I'm on board with that. Ceiling, a top four, floor, the eighth seed getting sucked by a boss in the first round. Unfortunately. Which, if that happens, Brooks is gone. Anyway, final question. This shouldn't take too long. Summer League recap. The Wizards go 1-3 and three in Las Vegas. Just some guys that stood out to you who might make the team next year. There are three players on that team that even have a shot at making the team, and they will all make the team if Ernie doesn't screw it up. Troy Brown, Devin Robinson, and Thomas Bryant. And that's yeah. that. Mm-hmm. That is that's it. That is all there is to it. Rest of the team garbage. No shot at the NBA. Sorry. As much as I'd like to see a Philip Scrub getting a the fifteenth roster spot, just yeah, don't really see is that. Is there a guy really named Philip Scrub? Philip Scrub, yeah, it's starting shooting guard uh, in today's game. What the hell? <laughs> Hilarious. What a Sam Casella Junior. Horrible name. That, also on that team. Yeah, it's horrible. <laughs> Hilarious. But no, you nailed it. Brown's going to be on the roster, going to be a big part of that bench unit. Uh, Robinson showed a lot of flashes in Summer League, and he even got on the court, I think, in the last game last year, right, against the Magic. He got a few minutes. Uh, he's a guy out of Florida that's that's definitely should be on the roster. And then Thomas Bryant, like we talked about earlier, off the waivers from, from L.A., can uh, shoot the three and do all that as a center. So, yep, 
those are the those are the guys going to be on the team next year. Several fairly disappointing for me this year. There was no uh, no Lonzo or you know any anyone to really be hyped out. I mean, there was hyped Kevin about. Knox and Trey Young, but Trey Young looks like just another Jimmer Fredette to me, and, yeah. and <laughs> Kevin Knox looks very solid. Mm-hmm. And that's that's really it. That that is it. Luka Doncic isn't in it. DeAndre Ayton looks like a solid a solid player, but the the only really flashy player in this whole thing was Kevin Knox. Trey Young is just Trey Young put up nice amount of points, but he took nineteen shots or something like that to get like twenty one, twenty four points, which is mm-hmm. the definition of last year of Kobe efficiency. Right. So yeah, I there's no no reason. There's just Trey Trey Young is just another volume chucker. Which I mean, on a team like the Hawks, who are gonna be basement dwellers for a few more years, is okay. But he needs to grow up and develop a game that is not shooting from the logo. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely with you there, and Trey Young. I haven't seen anything from him yet that's gonna indicate, you know, Steph 2.0 or whatever that he's supposed to be. Anything else to add from your side? Nope, I'm, that is pretty much, I am basketballed out. <laughs> as always, we thank you for tuning in to the Dom and Thunder Show. If you enjoyed the show, you can, as always, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud, whichever way you are listening. You can, as always, follow us on Twitter. We're at Dom and Thunder, or email us any thoughts, concerns, questions. That is at domandthundershow at gmail.com. And as always, follow our partner for whom we are doing this podcast for. That is DNV Sports Net, one of the hottest new sports websites in the district. That's dmvsportsnetwork.com. Of course, on Twitter, at dnv underscore sf. Thunder, I'm Dom saying so long. We will talk to you next time.